Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... I gave the Soaring Twenties high-flying picture book debuts group the keys to the podcast for the week. Today, our last day in this series, we're leaving you with connection. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 592. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. I invited the members of the Soaring Twenties high-flying picture book debuts to take over the podcast for the week. Today, a group of kid-lit bookmakers is answering the question, what ways do you hope readers and teachers will connect with the book? I'm joined by a very special group of bookmakers, including Rajni Laraka, Elisa Boxer, Christina Suntornvat, Kirsten Larson, Abby Cushman, Nonica Ramos, and Kelly Carey. Check the link in the show notes or visit the Children's Book Podcast on bookshop.org to browse many of the books featured throughout these episodes. When you shop there, your books are sourced from independent bookstores across the country. It also supports the Children's Book Podcast. Double the good with a single click. And now, let's turn it over to the Soaring Twenties High-Flying Picture Book Debuts. Hi, I'm Rajani Laraka, and my debut picture book, Seven Golden Rings, is illustrated by Archana Srinivasan and will be published by Lee and Low Books in July 2020. The story is set in India and follows Bhagat, a poor boy who wants to save his family by earning a place with the Raja's musical troupe. In order to do so, he needs to travel from his small village to the city where the Raja lives. Seven golden rings are the key to whether or not he will succeed. The story involves a math puzzle, and an author's note explains the basics of binary numbers. I hope that readers and educators will enjoy this story of how persistence and resilience can lead to success, and that like Bhagat, they find that they have many things to offer the world, and that sometimes the things that are most wonderful about us are the traits that we discount or take for granted. Lisa Boxer, author of The Voice That Won the Vote, How One Woman's Words Made History. It comes out in March, and the 2020 release is actually time to coincide with the centennial celebration of women's suffrage. 
It's a nonfiction book, and it tells the little-known story of a mother from Tennessee whose letter to her son helped give all women the right to vote back in 1920. So since this book is about the power of one voice to change the course of history, my hope is that it inspires readers to know just how much their voice matters. And I think that so often we don't realize the power of standing up and giving voice to issues that are important to us. And, you know, maybe sometimes we don't even feel like we have a voice. I know that I felt that way quite a bit as a child. And so I really hope this book encourages teachers to remind their students about, well, first of all, the importance of tuning into that inner voice, really listening to that that still voice inside of you that knows what's true for you. And then from there, having the courage to express it to the world. Now, I also hope this book helps readers realize that women's suffrage was about so much more than voting. It was about women having a say in their own lives, really. When the women's suffrage movement started, Uh, Back in the 1800s, women were basically the property of their husbands and fathers. And so their struggle over many, many decades to earn the right to vote was actually about their fight for the right to have the freedom to make their own choices about their own lives. There was a huge struggle because of so much opposition and so many people who wanted to keep women down and keep women small and voiceless over their own lives. So I definitely hope this can inspire readers to speak up in any given situation, even when, especially when, those other loud voices around us might be trying to shush us and point us in another direction and keep us small. So I hope that you all know how much your voice matters, and thank you so much for giving me the chance to talk about the book. This is Christina Suntornvat, and my picture book, The Blunders, Accounting Catastrophe, is publishing from Candlewick Press, and it is illustrated by Colin Jack. So in this silly story, 10 siblings go out to play, and then they become frantic when they do a head count, and they only come up with nine kids. They count forwards and backwards in English and Spanish. They skip count by twos and threes, and still it's only nine. Of course, the reader will realize what's going on. They're forgetting to count themselves. Now, with this book, I hope that young readers will get lots of practice counting in many different ways, but I also hope that they walk away from the story feeling that it's totally normal to make mistakes. We all make mistakes, and hopefully we can all have a laugh about it afterwards and even get a hug. This is coming in February 2020, and I hope you enjoy it.
Hello, book lovers. My name is Kirsten Larson. I used to work with rocket scientists at NASA, and now I'm the author of books for curious kids, including the true story, Wood Wire Wings, Emma Lillian Todd Invents an Airplane, illustrated by Tracy Subasak. The book came out in February 2020 from Calkins Creek. Woodwire Wings is the true story of the first woman to design a working airplane which flew successfully in 1910, just a few years after the Wright brothers. When reading this book, I would love for teachers and students to realize that invention is less about being super smart and more about being passionate and persistent. Having a great idea is just the starting point for a new invention. Then it's all about the hard work. Inventors and engineers like airplane designer Lillian Todd must test and tweak, retest and redesign over and over again until their invention is just right. Nobody succeeds on the first try. In fact, as readers will find out in my book, inventor Lillian Todd failed spectacularly many, many times. I also want teachers and readers to realize invention and engineering have a lot in common with writing. Just like Lillian Todd, I never get things right on my first try. I have a flash of inspiration, but then my first draft is always terribly boring. So are my second, third, and fourth drafts. This is perfectly normal. Just like Lillian, I have to test out my work, sending it to my trusted readers who give me honest feedback. It's kind of like sending your work to your teacher or having one of your classmates read it. Then I make changes and try again. In fact, wood wire wings went through so many tweaks and tests through the years, I lost count of the number of drafts I wrote. So whether you're an engineer and inventor like Lillian Todd, or a musician, artist, or writer like me, the process is similar. You may not get it right the first time, and that's okay. But believe in yourself, stay true to your dream, and your creation will eventually soar. My name is Abby Cushman, and I'm the author and illustrator of Soaked, which comes out on July 14, 2020, from Viking Children's Books. Soaked is about a bear who gets caught in the rain, and his ice cream cone is soggy, his cashmere sweater has shrunk, and he definitely does not want to try hula hooping. What ways do I hope readers and teachers connect with Soaked? Well, first, I hope teachers, librarians, and parents have a blast reading it aloud to their kids. The narrator of the story is this very glum, little bit bitter, kind of Eeyore-like bear, who is definitely an unreliable narrator. He assumes everyone else feels the same way he does in the rain. So I hope the person reading this story aloud has a ton of fun doing the bear's kind of mopey, deadpan voice. And I hope the kids have a lot of fun pointing out all the other silly things happening in the pictures with the 
badger, the bunny, and the hula-hooping moose that are going on while the bear's telling his very dejected and gloomy side of the story. You know, when I was working on the text for the story, I read it aloud to myself many times. And, you know, I'm someone who can't work with noise. I, I don't play music or have a TV on. I have young kids, and, and they either have to be in bed or out of the house for me to work. Otherwise, I just find it too hard to concentrate. So so basically, I'd be reading this thing very loudly by myself over and over and over again in my best bear voice. And I I had to wonder if my neighbors could hear me. I mean, basically, there, there's no way they couldn't. All the windows were open. And I just wonder what they must have thought. I mean, I have to assume they were entertained and delighted by the story, of course. You know, chuckling away at Bear's misfortunes. But um, anyway, aside from entertaining your neighbors, whether they like it or not, with a really loud read aloud, the other important way I hope readers and teachers connect with Soaked is that I hope it makes them want to get out there and go hula hooping in the rain. Or, you know, at the very least, go hula hooping in a small cave with a bear, a badger, a bunny, and a moose who are all also hula hooping. I mean, that doesn't seem like too much to ask, right? My name is Nonica Ramos, and I'm an educator and the writer of Beauty Woke, which will be published by Versify Books Spring 2021 and illustrated by Paula Escobar. Beauty Woke is a modern spin on Sleeping Beauty about a Puerto Rican girl who falls into a deep sleep after experiencing racial bias, whose wokeness emerges when she learns to seek refuge in the love of her family and embrace her cultural identity. One of my favorite things to do is think about ways readers and teachers will connect with what I write. I hope language arts and history teachers will talk to kids about the struggles and triumphs of the Puerto Rican people and explore our beautiful history and culture on the island and here in the States. Let's spend less time honoring Columbus and more time talking about the Taino people and other indigenous cultures. I want teachers to discuss Hurricane Maria and connect with libraries and schools in Puerto Rico to help and to exchange ideas about culture. I hope teachers can study the power of the protests in Puerto Rico calling for respect for women's rights, LGBTQIA rights, people of all shapes and sizes and abilities. Let's talk about what it means to be part of a diaspora what it means to be a migrant or a refugee, and most importantly, what it means to love our neighbors. Let's talk about the beauty of brownness and all shades of Latinx identity. Let's get conversations going about how kids feel about their Latinx identity in such a turbulent time and how we can help them feel loved and proud for who they are. I hope teachers will start their own annual Puerto Rican parades. I imagine kids making murals like Paula Escobar made in the book of the beauty they see in themselves, their families, their schools, their community. And while my book focuses on Puerto Rican identity 
and Latinx identity as a whole, what I wrote will help all our marginalized kids explore how deep their roots run and the flowers of language and heritage that have busted through the soil for the sun. Speaking of soil and sun, hey, science teachers. In Puerto Rico, there are many vital ecosystems, including the dry forest, the sandy beach, rocky shore, coral reef, seagrass bed, mangrove forest and lagoons, and did you know, El Yunque is the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Let's study how to preserve them. Let's study how to better help all people through natural disasters. Let's talk about how we're all connected in this rich ecosystem and tapestry we call life. Thank you for listening. Kelly Carey. I'm an author from Massachusetts, and my debut picture book, How Long is Forever?, published by Charles Bridge and illustrated by the talented Ching Zhang, launches on April 7th of 2020. I've been publishing children's fiction stories and magazines for over 10 years, but this is my first book, and I'm really excited to share it with readers. The inspiration for this story happened when I was a teenager. My friend and I were in a car when a song we loved came on the radio. I squealed, turn it up, this is the best song ever. My friend's dad scoffed and replied, really, this is the best song ever? That exchange stuck with me and became the kernel that launched the interaction between young Mason and his grandpa in How Long Is Forever. Mason is waiting for the first blueberry pie of the season and it's taking forever. At least, that's what Mason thinks, until Grandpa asks him to prove it and sends Mason searching the family farm to find the meaning of forever. I love the idea that what can seem like the best song ever to a teenager or what can feel like forever to an eight-year-old can be very different for an older adult. By the way, my friend's father was right. Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me With Science, not the best song ever. And Mason is going to find out that waiting for a blueberry pie to bake is not forever. How Long is Forever is a heartwarming picture book that parents, grandparents, and caregivers can share with children and grandchildren to help them understand that special love we feel for the children in our lives, that forever love. And reading How Long is Forever is a fun experience. The illustrator Ching gave the farm a barn cat, and kids can make a game of spotting the cat on almost every page as everyone roots for Mason to find forever. Mason's search for his forever will encourage kids to go on their own hunt for their forevers. It's a wonderful gift when you notice and call out those things, people, or places that will forever hold a special place in your heart. It could be a flavor of ice cream, a grandparent, a favorite slide on a playground, whatever it may be. I hope kids take a moment to pause and feel good about those special things and people and places in their lives. Gratitude is a powerful gift we offer not just to the items or people we are grateful for, but to ourselves. It's a wonderful feeling to count your blessings, but they can be hard to count if you don't recognize them. How Long is Forever invites readers to recognize their blessings, and I really hope it will become a tradition for families to share this book with children and grandchildren, and maybe even make a blueberry pie together after they read it.
Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of nearly 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive, with special music this week by Chad Crouch, also from Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of their publishers or of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron by visiting patreon.com and visiting the Children's Book Podcast. You can also write a review on iTunes or share the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means. That helps us reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.